We thank you for this day and another great opportunity to come together and worship you. We pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today so that we could focus on your word and receive the message. In Jesus' name, amen.
with us. Oh, be not dismayed, for he is our God, our sustainer and strength. He'll be our defender and cause us to stand upheld by his merciful almighty My name is Joe Kate. We're so grateful that you're here today. We have, um, with Rochelle Foster's help, developed logos for every um, major category that we're trying to live out here. And so you'll see these um, logos as we go throughout our announcements. So let me show you the first one. Radical hospitality. These are our, um, the principles that our staff and our um, lay leadership are trying to pull into so that we can um, better serve our community. So radical hospitality, under that category we have um, dinner reservations. So when you see um, the um, registration going by, um, to th this is the last Sunday to do it, to register for dinner, so make sure that you do that. We have um, honey baked ham, cube steak, rice, broccoli casserole, squash, uh, roll, and red velvet or German chocolate cake. Maybe that's the only thing I have to say. There'll be red velvet or German chocolate cake. Uh, children will have mini hamburgers and cheeseburgers and mac and cheese. Do I need to say anything more than that? Children are in for that. And the meal cost is $8 for adults or $6 for children. Um, and the program will be, uh, will be making reads. We do need you to indicate if you're going to do that. And in order to do that, you need to pay $15. 
right, in order to participate. Another thing we want to do to offer radical hospitality is um, pray for any concern that's shared in worship. So if you have any concern that you would like to share with us, if you'll raise your hand, an usher will bring you a card and a pencil. And if you'll just pre please print legibly uh, as you share those concerns with us, they'll be shared with our Tuesday prayer group. Um, our second category is passionate worship. And you'll see um, these logos and words everywhere uh, where we are. Um, today we begin the journey, Walking the Road to Bethlehem, by Adam Hamilton. It's a book that's in the back in a um, kind of flower formation that Aaron put on the table. So we'll use that book um, throughout Advent, and this will be the last um, book that we use for a little while. We're going to use the um, lectionary that um, many churches use from January all the way till um, August. And you'll see, if y'all have done that before, um, you'll see that um, there's a development in a... a a schedule that will turn into themes as well. Um, the books cost $12 each, and you can settle that with us another time. If you would like to take a book, um, they are in the back. Let's look at our third one, Intentional Faith Development. And uh, Aaron's going to speak to that. Thank you. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and there's no Sunday programming tonight for children, youth, or adults. Bob and Bobby's class is finished, um, and the rest of us are taking the night off for the Thanksgiving holiday. I also wanted to mention that if you have an elementary age child, getting feedback, let me see, <laughs> um, you will drop them off in the fourth, fifth grade classroom today. Um, because we're actually studying the journey as well, and it's going to be a really exciting program, but to make it as big as we wanted it to be, we need all the children in one group. Um, so you'll drop them off in fourth, fifth, and pick them up in the straight room. We'll be taking a journey all the way next door. So, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. I'm going to call Kenna up for an announcement. Uh, Kenna Owens is part of a um, Sunday school class that's done for more than a couple decades um, serving the community, but while she's coming, I'm going to tell you one of our tremendous costs, which I wonder if we're maxing out that cost, is Sunday school materials. Um, we see a lot of them all over the place that um, the binder, it, there's not a crease in it. It's kind of like my calculus book. Um, it didn't touch very often. And with us using the lectionary, I can make, um, uh, Aaron home makes uh, the children's programming based on what we're doing in worship. Katie and I are doing that for the youth. We can do that for your adult Sunday school class at no charge but for the printing. Um, so I want you all to consider not using the Sunday school class materials starting in January, and that could be a tremendous cost savings to us. So risk-taking mission and service. Thank you. Good morning. Last Sunday, we did our Thanksgiving mission project. Um, thanks to your donations, we collected $4,093. We were able to deliver 70 boxes to families in our area in need. Now, we were really excited to have more volunteers helping us this year than ever before. This really became a church-wide mission project. Aaron invited a representative of our class to speak about our mission during the children's program on Sunday night, and the children became involved by decorating each box that was delivered. The Stepping Stones Sunday School class helped us to fill the boxes uh, Sunday morning. Uh, but we had volunteers from all over uh, our church to help take these boxes um, and deliver them to the families. We had 23 different routes. And in years past, our class has uh, oftentimes been delivering boxes at dark because we just had to come back and get another route and, and go. Uh, this year, due to all the extra help that you gave us, we were finished by early afternoon. Um, also, due to your donations, we have money left over. And we're going to be... Um, uh, giving that to local charities to deliver to uh, food um, and to feed hungry families. Once again, uh, we would just like to thank you for your huge support. We were overwhelmed and gracious uh, and so grateful for um, everything that you did for us um, to make this a very, very successful mission. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Our last logo is extravagant generosity. 
These first four take a tremendous amount of time and talent. They take a tremendous amount of money to serve our community, to serve our people. And extravagant generosity is a critical part of what we're doing here to try to achieve our first four principles. We had pledge cards last Sunday um, that we had on Consecration Sunday. And if you missed that opportunity, we likely mailed you one. But we're still building our contact list and making it the most accurate it can be. So if we missed you, we have pledge cards in the back on the table, and uh, we would encourage you to fill that out as part of our um, budgeting process. So how's that? Is that enough announcements for you? Let's stand up and shake it out and greet one another, and we'll start our liturgy uh, for Advent. waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. Our heart is glad in Him because we truly in His holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. Something is coming. We are waiting. We are eager. It is more than presence. It is more than lights. We open the book of hope and read the promise. God will be with us. Our hearts are glad. We trust God's holy name. God's never-ending love surrounds us. Our hope is in the Lord. So sometimes you see a hanging of the green service in a contemporary service, and sometimes you do not. You almost always see it in a traditional service, which we've had it there. Um, but today we're going to, um, led by um, Hank and Lynn Pennington, as they read our, um, uh, Advent, our um, I'm sorry, go to the next slide. <laughs> hanging of the greens and two, woo! So, uh, uh, what do they say in TV? Line, line. Um, hanging to the green service, and we have several families that are participating in bringing up the elements uh, of this season. Jeremiah 23. The days are surely coming when the Lord, when I will rise up for David, a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king, and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judea will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called, Lord our righteousness. In ancient times, the cedar was revered as the tree of royalty. It has also signified immortality, which is used for purification. We place this cedar branch as a sign of Christ, who reigns as king forever, and whose coming in justice and righteousness will purify our heart. Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually. And there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Because of the needles of pine and fir trees appear not to die each season, the ancients saw them as signs of things that last forever. Isaiah tells us that there will be no end to the reign of the Messiah. Therefore, we hang these wreaths of evergreen shaped in a circle 
which itself has no end, to signify the eternal reign of Jesus the Christ. Isaiah 53. <clears throat> Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up like before him, like a young plant, and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquaintance with infamy. As one who from others hide their face, he was despised and we held no count, no of count. He surely has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we account him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. By his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon us the iniquity of all. For Christians, the Isaiah passage reflects the suffering of Jesus, who saved us from our sin by his death on the cross, and by his resurrection from the dead. In past times, Holly and Ivy were seen to sign the Christ passion. Their prickly leaves suggest the crown of thorns, the red berry, the blood of the Savior, and the bitter bark of the drink offered to Jesus on the cross. As we place the holly and ivy, let us rejoice in the coming of the Lord our Savior. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of the people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as a father's only son, full of grace and truth. As we prepare for the coming of Jesus, the light of the world, we light the Christmas tree. During this Advent, whenever you see a lighted Christmas tree, let it call to mind the one who brings light to our darkness, healing to our brokenness, and peace to all who receive him. Please join us as we say the prayer. Holy Lord, we come with joy to celebrate the birth of your Son, who rescued us from the darkness of sin by making the cross of a tree of life and light. May this tree, arrayed in splendor, remind us of the life-giving cross of Christ, that we may rejoice in the new life that shines in our hearts. We ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Yep. Never Greg. That is never once Greg. Always me. I want you all now to take a moment. We have a basket up here with Christmas. Whoever would like to come uh, um, place Christmas on the tree. Those taller than average can place it in taller than average places. Come on up. Thank you. 
y'all for participating and we have a number more if you want to come up after the service um, we did something and really harmed the artificial tree from last year and so what that meant was we have an actual live tree this year which I'm very excited about him Harriet Johnson helped us with that grateful for that let's um, pray together Heavenly Father, many, many people have traveled and will travel today. We're grateful for those who helped them get to all those places. We're grateful for the tables that we shared. We're grateful for the hands that prepared the food. And we're grateful for an opportunity to return to your house to refocus ourselves on your text. As we start a new Christian year with this amazing season of Advent, Help us to remember how critical it is to prepare our hearts and minds to wrap our heads around the fact that God became human and that that human interacted with us and taught us everything, gave us every opportunity to learn, to grow, to be challenged, to be something new. Prepare us in this season, Lord, that we can honor and glorify you with our actions and our words. Inspire us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So today we're focusing on Mary. We're going to focus on a person, and you've heard these texts a number of times. If you've attended worship for many years, what I want you to do if you've done that is to not figure that you've heard the story. Not figure that you know it, and that's it. But to hear it anew. And if you haven't heard this story very many times, this is an exciting day. Um, there's all kinds of... Um, in business, I understand, I'm, I, I think, there's all sorts of times when the new year starts uh, at each quarter. Some people start in different quarters. Uh, they, obviously, the calendar year starts in January. The school year starts in August. The Christian year starts in Advent. So for four weeks prior to Christmas Eve, we celebrate texts that, um, as, as every other entity in our life, is really pushing us into Christmas. Advent is holding us back and looking at prophecy in different parts of that. Um, so uh, we are thinking, what did human beings do? What did God do to prepare this space for a child to come? So today we're going to focus on Mary with Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. So this is the first phrase I want you to focus on. Lord be with us. Y'all ever hear a prayer start that way? Whether it be in a finance meeting or a um, confirmation on the side of the hill at Lake Junaluska or a worship service or a funeral uh, gravesite, we all the time are saying, Lord, please be with us. You know how frightening that is? To actually say that because in many many cases no more than 90 percent when the Lord or a representative of the Lord showed up in the lives of the people it was typically when they were doing something else and they were shocked they were scared they were frightened they were intimidated 
we say, Lord, be with us like it will be a, uh, a rainbow and we're just hanging out by the lake watching it. It's beautiful. Or sunset. The Lord be with us in most of the instances of the text is one of the scariest things these people experience. God will surprise and shock. Zechariah before this, who's to be the father of John the Baptist, who's to be the predecessor of Jesus, is uh, in the temple. He's doing the things that um, uh, his religious um, leadership does. It's uh, something that's important, but it's something that's routine. And in the midst of that routine, when he's wondering if God is going to show up, maybe thinking about all the other things that are going on in the temple, maybe thinking about the stresses that are going on in his life, he is approached by an angel and told that he's going to be the father of someone who is going to precede Jesus. Shocking. Mary is barely a teenager, the total opposite end of the spectrum of Zechariah. And a teenager, of which I'm about to have one, is told, you are going to bear the Son of God. Now, on the one hand, people had much shorter lifespans. Uh, Seinfeld has a pretty amazing bit about that, about how spring break started, because people only used to live to 30, and so they retired around 21 and went down to Florida. And so now, even though lifespan has gone on much longer than that, people go down to Florida about 21. Uh, lifespan is much shorter, I'll give you that. But someone who's about to be married is told, you're going to have a child. People who are married are scared to death that they're going to have a child. So God will surprise or shock. God will challenge. He says, Zechariah, your son will set the tone for the person who is going to redeem this world. That's a lot of pressure. He says to Mary, your son will be the Son of God. Capital S. Capital G. How can a teenage girl process such a thing? But over and over again, God will challenge people. When God shows up, we say, Lord, please be with us. Please be amongst us. Please guide us. Bang! You're asking me to do something crazy. He's going to challenge us. God will fulfill the promise. That's the final point of this first bullet. Throughout human history, God says, I will be with you, and I will be with all of your descendants after you, should you follow me. And how we always approach God and said, hey, if you give me something, I'll think about following you. God always approaches with opportunity, though it may be shocking to humans because they were doing their normal thing, and always says, I will be with you. Let's look at the next verse. This is still to Mary. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. These are my two of the most powerful leaders in the history of these people. And Mary, raised in a family that has heard these texts many times, knows those two names very well, and is told, my child will be in the line of David and of Jacob. Exciting. Frightening. Let's look at the um, next phrase. Now God will be human. And every time I use this image, every time I read this text or um, talk about um, incarnation, I talk about uh, tech support or calling uh, uh, customer service. Right? How many iterations of customer service do you go through before you get a human? And how many of the iterations that you just went through with the computer do you have to go through again with that human? Right? And how many times does that human help you settle the issue? 50-50? 75-25? 10-90? Whatever it may be, uh, I, I'm in a... Um, just a horrible rhythm of typing in the wrong zip code on my card when I get gas. And when I do that, now it's in my head. When I do that, they cancel my, or they suspend my card. And so I've done it twice now. Part of it is I've lived in, um, I can't count how many zip codes. And I'm thinking about whatever else I'm thinking about at the moment, and I'll type in an old zip code. And then they'll 
zero out my, or not zero out, but suspend my card, and then I have to call the company and I say, um, yeah, it's me again. <laughs> you know, but before I get to a human who can desuspend the card or I guess activate whatever, I've got to go through every reason why it happened. So that's the what I've done recently. Uh, Aaron and I put programs on a computer and we have to listen to what that person has to say before we can finally decipher it. We're trying to connect the printer to our, all of our computers who are spread out all over campus. Whatever it may be, there's something about calling a person and maybe getting someone who can help you and an individual who is right here in the room who says, let me just do this. I can, I can help you understand this. God becoming human is more significant than we can ever imagine. Because the people had tried to understand God, tried to communicate with God, and very few people said that they were the only ones that could communicate with God and then would communicate with everyone else. The people that Jesus talked to would have never come anywhere close to the temple, even the synagogue. Jesus is going right to them to help them understand the text. So guess what Jesus does as a human? The same thing that God did before him. Jesus would surprise and shock others. He went up to the woman at the well. You think she was expecting anybody? You think she was expecting to be the bearer of his message? Absolutely not. Jesus would challenge others. He called Peter and he said, You are going to be the rock of everything that I build uh, my kingdom upon. You know how intimidating that would be? But Jesus would also, just as God did, say, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be present with you. And one of the greatest instances of that is the 99 sheep and the one. I'm going to come get you. I'm going to come find you. Which, uh, I've taken two groups to Israel. Both of them adults. I've tried to wrangle three, four, five-year-olds on a trip. I'd rather try to wrangle three, four, five-year-olds on a trip than adults on a trip. Forty-three of them. Loose in Jerusalem. Trying to get them to stay in the same spot. And I'd get 41 of them. And I'd say, stay. Stay. And I'm going to go the other two. I'd go get the other two and try to draw them back. And I'd come back with two of them and there'd be 39 again. Because two had wandered. And, you know, one say, well, you know what, if you divide uh, 41 by 43, that's a pretty good percentage. Mm -mm. We're going to have to get everyone. So God, in every instance before Jesus, would surprise and shock people. He would challenge them, and then He would say, I will be with you. If anyone who wondered if Jesus was who He said He was, one of the great indicators is that Jesus did the exact same thing that God did far before Him. Let's look at the last um, part of the text. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who said was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Y'all ever listen to audio Bibles? I have to, because I'm not a great reader or retainer, and I'm always moving. If y'all have Spotify or really any, a lot of internet uh, sites have an audio Bible, and many of them, if you look, will have a... Um, it's not narrated. What's it called? When there's parts. People actually... Um, what is it? I thought I heard a word. Um, whatever. People who have the voice of that person read it. So you wouldn't believe hearing this text um, that I've listened to all week and hearing a teenage girl say these words. It's powerful. It's powerful. Um, may your word to me be fulfilled. So here's your last phrase. How will this be? Consider the curious confidence in this question. She figures it's going to be. She wants to know how. I'll give you the 
encounter it, who in his, uh, this is his job, to study and understand the word and um, help build faith in the community. The angel, an, an angel, that'd be a, a pretty good indicator, says to him, you're going to be a father. And he goes, well, how am I going to know this? Give me some proof. Very similarly to when Jesus says, the only thing you have to do is believe. And what do the people say? Could you give us something cool to make it, uh, could, you, could you do something sparkly? So it will be easy to believe and understand. Mary has a confidence in her that's curious. And finally she says, may your word be fulfilled. Someone who is barely a teenager, from barely a town, in a time where people barely are listening to what God is saying, is now going to be the bearer of God for humanity. So three phases. Surprise. Challenge. And fulfill. How might you be surprised this season in what you're called to do? How might you be challenged to elevate what you do in ministry, what you do in God, either at this church or individually or in this community? And understand that God will always be present with us as we are attempting to fulfill His Word. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank You for the many people who while they first struggled and maybe even rejected you, ultimately said yes. Ultimately said, let me be your instrument. Let us be inspired by a teenager today. One who was willing to listen, who was confident and curious about your message. Open our hearts and minds this season that we may understand your will for us, for this church, in this community. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is all over His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. Please be seated. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to give electronically, you'll see how to in the bulletin.
you stand and sing this next one with us? be 
participated today to make this a special service. We appreciate that. I'll give you two quick notes. We have two combined services coming up. Christmas Day is at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary. New Year's Day is at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary. We want to limit the um, setup and effort and everything on those um, special days. Kids can wear pajamas and adults, if you have that kind of swagger, um, to, to, to rock pajamas in public, I encourage you to do that. Um, my inclination is to bring something like cookies or brownies or something and take them to uh, local hospitals to workers who are um, uh, working that day. Uh, so just be on the lookout for things that, something we will do for the community uh, on Christmas or pajamas, which would be fun. Um, go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. I get a peaceful, easy feeling. I know it won't let me down. Because I'm already standing on higher ground. Have a great week.